more and more people talk about you like I'd say you get hundreds of questions when you put yourself out there as well but like how did that all start or did you make that decision to, to I suppose put your life online so basically it was when I was working in my first pharmacy um, when I was about 18 19 I had an Instagram account and I said oh I'd love to be like a, a healthcare advisor or some, something like that mm. and Instagram was big then but it, there was nothing like that really out there so I used to do these things called top three. So I'd put up like top three products for dermatitis or for rosacea. And people seemed to love that. And I was getting more and more followers and then people were recommending me. So I started with that and then it kind of grew into like skincare and fitness. Fitness was a big one. I would put my workouts up. And it was the what people would say to me saying, oh, that advice, it has helped me so much. And that kind of positivity, I just wanted to keep doing it. It was like, it was infectious. Hello, thanks for tuning in to For Fit Sake, the podcast brought to you by FFS Gyms. Rory McInerney here, joined as always by Mike South. Mike, how are you doing? I'm good, Rory, thanks. And Rudds, Kieran Ruddock, how are you getting on, Rudds? Yeah, wonderful. And we have a very special guest this morning, Jess Redden. Jess, how are you doing? I'm feeling great this morning, Rory. Thanks a million. Very good, all. very good. Great to have you. On Early on a Saturday morning, you've kind of dragged us all in with your very busy schedule. <laughs> uh, Rudds was giving out this morning that he had to come in at six o'clock and get set up, you know. So, how many best? Rudds loves crack of dawn stuff. That's your bag, Rudds, isn't it? Yeah, especially especially now with uh, my little alarm clock in the house. I don't know what the line is anymore. Yeah, sleeping to six o'clock is actually a good line yeah. at the minute. So, very good. Uh, before we get into talking about Jess and everything, Jess, we've got some great questions in for you and a lot of interest things that our listeners want to hear we like to talk about tra- our kind of own training at the start so Mike have you done the half marathon yet or what's the story no I'll be doing it in 24 hours time okay so this will probably yeah. have gone out after the half marathon so do you want to put a time on it for yourself just so we can look oh. back in a week or two and come well, on this is risky but um, I'm going to say 1.45 well, that's dropped by 5 minutes since we spoke it has, yeah, is it's that the pressure of the pod or it's, Jess is it's the pressure of everyone saying that if I don't do it in less than 1.50 it's not worth coming back kind of a vibe okay. so I've, I don't know I've kind of timed it out and done the maths on it last night so let's say 1.45 okay and I'd, I'd be delighted with that okay yeah. best of luck Mikey <laughs> go on G and Rod's that kind of cool unusual happening with your training at the minute Um, just trying to it's kind of last while just trying to set myself a challenge to do something every day so um, like half an hour is the number so do half an hour every day um, all different things so me and you trained this morning uh, I did the total body session you did the tank top I did, um, I did. so yeah and obviously. we were Guilty. obviously chatting about that ourselves in terms of obviously uh, with two little babas how your kind of perspective on training changes a little bit and that's kind of the thing and so I've done uh, a couple of weeks of that so doing half an hour plus every day some days do something hard some days do something easy but uh, it kind of takes the pressure off if plans change a little bit and you have to uh, you know at least you've banked a little bit more during the week listening to the body as well yeah very good and Jess what about you how's your training going to the minute so I took about three three or four weeks off which I haven't done in a really long time uh, but it's good I feel like my body needed that and then now back in the gym doing strength work so focusing mainly on lower body because um, I feel like I've come on a lot in my upper body from these classes so focusing on that and then I like Rose's um, you know, doing half an hour each day, I might actually steal that myself. <laughs> <Go forward. laughs> nice. Uh, I've got an interesting one. So I went for a run with Cully this week, right? So everyone who knows, do you know that Cully's a bit of a freak show when it comes to running? I don't know. Yeah. If, a lot of people aren't aware of this. Like some people are, you can follow Cully on Strava. So Eric Cullinan, he could have a weird tag handle, I don't know. But <laughs> you should, so Cully started running what, this time last year, maybe? More, it's probably more, more than that, but it just, 
it seems like lockdown yeah. so kind of like during lockdown Cully got bored but kind of what might be saying it's been an obsessive dude once he gets into something he just like really goes for it so I'm very competitive guy ridiculously competitive uh, that's, his, that's actually his main thing he said in a recent team meeting like what's your main strength I am what relentlessly competitive or something <laughs> something intense he said so I went for a run with Cully the last time I ran with Cully was probably last year and we picked a bad route very hot day blah blah didn't hydrate I ended up having to get a taxi home and, and Cully left me so that was I was getting a lot of grief for that right so this is a big milestone for me going back out with Cully so tried to do a 10k at like 4 minute 20 pace down to the Strand and Sandy Mountain back right so all good good start we're, we're happy so run goes okay kind of get close to the time maybe just off so I get back and I'm looking at stats afterwards so <clears throat> sitting down looking at my zones for the session right so like for like a 43 minute run or whatever 10% of the run was in like a tempo pace which is you know like steady where you probably should spend most of your run right mm. 80% was like VO2 max so where I'm like literally <laughs> working my maximal aerobic capacity and then the other 10% was anaerobic so like I was out of breath for like four and a half minutes so then Cully sends me his stats 40% in easy 55% in tempo and like just about 5% in VO2 so like Cully, you're a terrible man. I still feel sick even, what, three, four days later from it. But, like, it's so good when you're, like, trying to train for something like chatting you about this, Mikey. Yeah. And you find someone who can just humble you so quickly. It's not good to do it all the time, yeah. but a good reality check. So, Cully, my legs are still sore. My stomach is still sore. Everything is still sore. But uh, thanks for your time on Thursday. Well, he earned the rocky road when he came back. We Remember he was in the kitchen? That that's the FFS Bake Off? Yeah, the we FFS Bake Off. We have a Bake Off. Did you, you brought some goodies there. You're, you're good for your kidneys. That's a good combo. Yeah. Got like the healthy and the not so healthy. Yeah, we're doing a bake off now with amongst the coaches for. Um, I watch this space. Yeah, yeah. Can we pair up with members? I would be picking. That'd be a bit of a curveball, but I would. I wouldn't see why not. Well, we can buy stuff apparently. So that's I, I, I think. I think. The, I, 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 yeah, that's not good. I think stuff. the members might be getting a bit of a short straw with. Like, obviously, we've got a few strong offerings in our team, but some, yeah, Anna and Cully, well, and then everyone else is very lazy. And, you know, <laughs> make Anna has set the bar very high anyway with her rocky road. There's pretzels in her rocky road. Yeah, it was yeah. incredible. Yeah. Not good. Anyway, fitness podcast. Sorry. <laughs> so Jess, right? We'd like so much to talk about. Um, I suppose one, one of the first things, like, to, right, you're a pharmacist, influencer, training flat out. Anything else in there that you're doing that you, you have time for? Not currently. <laughs> oh, good. Is there plans for more? Yeah. Sorry, podcast host also, podcast yeah. host. Yeah. yeah. So, like, how do you find the time? I suppose I've always been someone that's really driven. Like, after school, I went straight into college and then kind of took a year or two out figuring out what I wanted to do and I was working part-time in a pharmacy and I just loved it. I fell in love with the course but it was more, I didn't think I was able for it. I didn't have that confidence. It was all pure chemistry and I'd never done chemistry in school. So I said, okay, maybe I'll try my hand at medicine. So I went off and sat this GAMSAT exam and I didn't get enough points. I actually weirdly did better in the science as opposed to the English after having done a psychology course. I thought my English would be better. I didn't get that so then I sat a second round over in Birmingham and then I got enough points to do Limerick and I was kind of at a place where I thought you know what I don't want to move to Limerick I don't want to leave my family and I think something like medicine that's a vocation like you have to jump at that kind of opportunity so then I went back to the drawing board and I thought okay look I'll give pharmacy a go I just really didn't want to drop out I didn't want to start something and not finish it so I did like a crash course in chemistry because I'd never done chemistry before so I did that and then I started pharmacy and I loved it. I really, it was the best five years. But I just, I feel like I'm at my best when I'm busy. You know, people are different and you have to listen to your own kind of body and your own mind. 
So when I do feel a bit kind of overwhelmed or burnt out, I've no problem now saying, no, I can't do that or cancelling plans. But I just try to manage everything. Very good. And listen, let's be honest, Mike Limerick, who's going to, you know, we've a lot of Limerick listeners. If you look at yeah. our, our, our listenership in Ireland, Limerick's number two. So Ooh. do you want to defend Limerick there quickly, Mike? I must or? have a lot of followers or fans living in Limerick. Is that also yours? I'm not too sure. It's no, hard it's to tell. Mine, yeah. yeah, it could be. <laughs> and so what was that like then, Jess? Like, you know, obviously with like fitness, huge part of your life. So like, was that something that you kind of, you've always been in love with? Or is it something that kind of, you know, when you were in college or like, what, when did that become a big part of your life? Like in school, I played hockey and loved it in the summertime. We could do all the cricket and badminton, that kind of stuff. Um, so I definitely like variety in my training. But it wasn't until maybe when I was in UCD, I started this boxing class. I'd never done like a high intensity class before. And I just fell in love with it. The feeling afterwards that you got going into college after having done Because everyone's like, you're mad. What are you working out at five o'clock in the morning and then coming in here? But I actually had so much more energy the days that I did do that. And then obviously with like your sleep-wake cycle, if you're waking up, it was just a good routine. So it was more the lifestyle that fitness gave me, which was why I got so heavily into it. I just felt great after training. Waking up at five in college instead of going to bed at five in college, yes. which is probably yeah. the, the opposite. Choice. <laughs> I think, and I just love to touch on something there. You talked about your experience with the exams, right? So like, that was obviously, like, how did that feel? Did it feel like a big setback the first time when you didn't get the points that you needed? How, how did you handle that? I think because I had sacrificed so much, it was always like a high achiever I always wanted to get top in everything and I put the work in um, and I suppose I went into that exam thinking okay you know what I'm quietly confident I think I'm going to get this I was telling all my friends like oh I'm going to start medicine and then when I didn't get it it was, it was almost guilt and shame and just such disappointment because this is all I wanted I thought at the time because um, when you're younger you kind of you can't see the bigger picture mm. so I was just devastated um, I was really upset about that but then what, what age were you when this happened? So I have six years of pharmacy, and then so that was three years before. So probably about seven years ago, it was like twenty-one. Okay, okay. And yeah. um, but I just remember being so so sad. And then I was like, no, I'll just do the next one. And then I did it again. It was my first kind of taste of failure because you know in school you're kind of spoon-fed and you're used to kind of getting not what you want, but it was just really disappointing that I put the work in and it didn't pay off. But I suppose it's a good learning curve and learning from that and learning how to deal with failure kind of sets you up for, for other things like that in your life. Yeah, because there's probably a lot of people listening to this, you know, certainly maybe at that age demographic who mightn't be used to dealing with setbacks and dealing with failure. So I think it's, you know, look, we've all had it in our lives, careers, like personal life, professional, academic, whatever it is. And I think it's it's something that like people are... I don't know, it's hard to kind of say this, but like people seem to be getting worse at dealing with it as the years go on. I know like when we were kind of starting out business lads, we would have had people who were, you know, coming across setbacks all the time and now it seems to hit people a lot harder and it seems to be harder to overcome. Well, I think a big part of that as well is social media because everyone's living their best life and succeeding and starting these brands and opening a company. So you're comparing yourself subconsciously to everybody else. So you don't want to admit, oh, I failed at this or this hasn't gone well. So I think it's really important to talk about failure and to say, do you know what, it's actually okay to fail and what's the next thing and how is this going to lead me on to, to something else, something better. Yeah. And also, like, if, you, if you're not failing at something, obviously, how, how you fail, so as you said, when you've put in your best effort on something and it doesn't work out, is very different to when you fail when you didn't put in your best effort. But either way, like they're both part and parcel because say for instance you take that example where you don't put the work in for an exam and then you fail 
But then you could look at that and go, well, actually, if I put the work in again and you, you reset it and then that's a really good learning thing. So I think, um, yeah, it's part and parcel of it. If you're doing anything that's going to challenge you, you're going to fail loads. Uh, obviously, you don't want to necessarily fail when it really matters. Or if you do, then they're the hardest ones, but they're probably the biggest learnings. But uh, yeah, I think how you view it is really important. And like, even for myself, sometimes, like I know about the growth mindset. I know that this, like failure is part of learning, etc. But like, sometimes you forget that and it, it hurts and stings for X amount of time. But as you said, maybe when you sit down and reflect on it, you can kind of put a spin on it or look at it and see where the opportunity to get better or learn something from it. I think there's a lot of stuff out there at the moment about like that if you do fail you learn and what you take from it and how that sets you up going forward like especially I think Conor McGregor's coach Coach Talk Gavin yeah, you wrote that win or learn win or learn like I think there's a lot of positive stuff about failing out there is what I'm trying to say that yeah. if something doesn't go your way like if you can take the learnings from it and then move on and do it again if you have the opportunity to do it again or do something different so I think failure isn't as bad as it was in the past I think there's a lot more positivity around it if that makes sense yeah but to Jess's point there it really is about your mindset and the environment that you're in like we talked about environment with training and stuff a few weeks ago lads and like if you're around people who can make you see the wood from the trees in that instant couple of weeks or, or you know that, that time where it's really stinging an example would be I was in a very similar situation Jess I was trying to do a college course a couple of years ago and had to sit a similar exam GMAT exam and got got the points to get into the course but need, wanted to get into a certain bracket for like scholarships to try and get in so missed it right like studied studied very hard now haven't opened a book in from nearly 10 years <laughs> after college right uh, failed and then it came to, I, I resat the exams you have like three week window you can sit them again and it was probably about two weeks before my wedding so did it said look said to Courtney I was like look just give me three more weeks I'm just gonna put my head down I'm gonna smash this and then it's wedding we're gonna and the two lads were getting married that summer as well so I was like it's gonna be the best summer ever <laughs> We do this, so I worked even harder for the three weeks. Went back in, and the exact same score in the in the thing, you know. So like, like I said, had enough to get in, didn't have enough to kind of try try get all the money for the scholarship. So basically, emailed them and said, "Look, I'm going to do this next year. I've too much going on this summer. I didn't want to be, you know, want to enjoy my wedding, the lads' wedding stuff." But like that for me was the first time that I'd had like a really big failure, and it was like the first failure was so bad that I said, "No matter what, through this three weeks, I'm going to slam it." And it was too soon because I still had the disappointment from the previous three weeks and I had the pressure of, I need to get this done so I can enjoy all these other things. And then when I came out, I sat down when I got the result the second time, because you get it instantly, it pops up on the screen. I sat and had a coffee on my own, like didn't turn my phone on, didn't ring Courtney, didn't do anything. And I was like, what am I worried about? I was like, I'm getting married in two weeks. I was like, my two best mates are getting married the following two months afterwards forget about it just yeah. go away and enjoy like there's, there's much bigger things there but if I if I had that mindset the three weeks before I probably would have done better and not put myself under the pressure but you know I didn't talk to anyone around that I was just like this is what I have to do I've made up my mind I need to go instead of like sitting down and grabbing one of you lads or just talking to Courtney about it properly it's kind of it's about I think the people you're around and how just being okay to be like look this has gone shit what, what do you think and just having people to listen to that is really important I think another thing on that though obviously now you've gone and you've got the course and like so sometimes as well those failures when you get past that eventually like it's all, all the more rewarding when you finally get there to something that you've been working towards you know yeah um, I think that's another thing you know because obviously sometimes you're sitting in it and, it's, and it hurts but sometimes when you look back at it the fact that you had to do it the hard way sometimes they're the most rewarding achievements totally and I think mm. Sometimes we're guilty of thinking short term. You're like, oh, I don't want to do another X amount of years doing this and I don't want to give up my time. 
but you always have to think long term you know like what's going to be the best for me in the long run and I feel like with that and I was kind of like oh will I go back and do pharmacy it's another five years and my friends are all qualified and working and I'm a student again but now like this week it's my first proper week qualified and it is the, it's been the best week of my life yeah so, like it was so worth it so I think at the end of all of your work like it really does pay off that's what I was just going to ask so like you know we're talking about the journey and like this is the first week you're fully fledged pharmacist on your feet for like 45 hours yeah, yeah. You were giving out earlier, saying your feet felt like like <laughs> you said you couldn't feel your feet or something. So what what's happened like then? Is it like is it very gratifying? It's just been so busy, you haven't had time to think. Or I just love it. So the whole reason I got into it was I think I was eighteen when I started working in pharmacy, and the admiration and respect I had for the pharmacists was like nothing else because they gave so much of their time to everyone that walked in. It doesn't matter who it was. It could have been a really older woman. It could have been a younger girl struggling with their skin. I remember one day. I was only a little over-the-counter assistant, but a girl came in and she had quite bad acne. I said, oh, why don't you try these two products? Because I'd always been kind of researching everything in the shop. And she came back a couple of weeks later and she had such a smile on her face. And she was like, I just wanted to come in and say, thanks so much for that. And I was like, okay, I need to do this as a career. It's it's so rewarding. Um, And I think just giving your time to people, people care that you listen to them because you can kind of rush through life and, you know, people aren't giving you the chance or the time to talk and open up. And often... People do just want to come in and have a chat and they want some reassurance around things. It's not always just, you know, dispensing medicines. Um, so I just, I love the job. It's great. Like, there's two interesting things in that. Like one, like after I have a small baby, after you have a child, you realise the importance of a pharmacist. Like I would never... The amount like, of moms and dads that come in with babies. Yeah. Like, I'm not listening to anyone else. What do you think? <laughs> like, you know, I, like, I'm best mates with the pharmacist and rat minds now. Like, you know, I go in and like, it just, even if I'm not getting anything, I just go and ask them a question. It's kind of, you know, your public health nurse, your pharmacist, you become very close to. And uh, I found that's like the... The passion, like we, like our passion here is helping people. That's what we want to do here at the gym. We just want to help people, whatever that means to them, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, like giving them connection to different people. That's what we're all about. And like, that's obviously what you're saying you love to do. So, you know, how it, it, that ties into then what you do, I suppose, with your, your Instagram. And because I've noticed you get like, if you're doing Q and A's, you get questions about everything, right? So, you know, if people come to me and they're like, I want to get fit or I'm struggling with this or I need routine or whatever, I'm like, let's go. I can, I can help you. Uh, this or I can. But if people come to me with some things, I'm like, I can't help you. I don't know what to do. What's that like? Because you got asked questions I saw on Instagram the other day. Anything from like weight loss to skincare to, did someone ask you how to be a good wife? Did I, did I see yeah. that came up? <laughs> like, like, I'm like, is, is that not so much pressure to kind of answer these people's questions so what's that feel like it depends on what minds my own mindset is like so i will never do a q a when i'm not feeling 100 percent myself okay. because it, it can be quite draining because you want to give the best advice to people and you want to take the time we need to make sure that you're okay in your own mind before you know giving out all that time so i'll only ever do it when i'm in a good space but it can be yeah, not overwhelming, but I suppose if you've just done 10 hours of work and then you're coming home and you're trying to answer as many, you just need to prioritise and kind of say at the start of the week, okay, this is the day that I'm going to go for it and answer questions, but then I can't do everything and you have to realise that. So sometimes I can't respond to people and I hope, you know, people do understand that as well. You only have a certain amount of time on your hands. <laughs> and 
Sorry, Mike. Yeah, I, what I'm curious about there is with the social media side of things, how did you decide that that's where you were going to put yourself and like kick that off and put yourself in the position you're in now? Because like over the last few years, like it seems to have exploded for you like and like more and more people talk about you. Like I'd say you get hundreds of questions when you put yourself out there as well. But like how did that all start or did you make that decision to, to I suppose, put your life online? So basically it was when I was working in my first pharmacy um, when I was about 18, 19, I had an Instagram account and I said, oh, I'd love to be like a, a healthcare advisor or some, something like that. Mm. And Instagram was big then, but it, there was nothing like that really out there. So I used to do these things called top three. So I'd put up like top three products for dermatitis or for rosacea. And people seemed to love that. And I was getting more and more followers. I think people were recommending me. So I started with that. And then it kind of grew into like skincare and fitness. Fitness was a big one. I, I would put my workouts up. And it was the... What people would say to me saying, oh, that advice, it has helped me so much. And that kind of positivity, I just wanted to keep doing it. It was like, it was infectious because it was making a difference to other people. So the more of that I got, the more content I put out. And it's still the same. Like when now I'm back in work and I'm putting up kind of different tips and advice from being in work. And the amount of people that are like, oh my God, thank you so much. I didn't know what this was and blah, blah. At the same time, obviously I can't give out specific medical advice. So I try and do like a general thing um, but that's where it started yeah doing top threes when in the pharmacy brilliant that's yeah. interesting yeah I just didn't know how it all kicked off you but it's obviously what you're putting out there is very positive and it is helping people which has been consistent I suppose since the day you started really yeah and I suppose the people that follow me like I get such lovely feedback from people whereas I know that's not across the board yeah because I suppose influencer has like a negative connotation around it probably a little what, bit why is that I think to be honest with you now, I'm not sure, but I think maybe people get a little bit jealous that, you know, these girls are kind of getting the latest of everything and, you know, free stays and free holidays and, you know, more power to them if they're making a successful business and they're working and they're recording all this content. I think that doesn't sit well with a lot of mm. people. So that's why they, they get a lot of hate sometimes. I, I think part of it as well, though, is like it's your intent, like from from he- hearing what you're talking about how you got into pharmacy and the things you've just spoken about as Mike said about helping people you can see that that's obviously the thing that energises you in your job but then also with the social media so like your intent is you're doing it to help people uh, whereas I think I don't know but like uh, that's where I'm listening to you I'm like wow isn't that great fair play that's amazing Um, but then you could have someone else where their intent is I just want to do this stuff to earn money and get free stuff which is it's a job at the end of the day that's a job but like you could see how then you probably would be opening yourself up to more kind of negative and more whereas like you're just honestly trying to help people one of the guys I follow and get most of my stuff from a guy called Dan John American fella um, if I hear yeah. <laughs> I love him I love have him. you ever heard Dan John this is Rudd's like yeah. not dad but like big Michael sorry but this guy's basically Rudd's dad no, so. I love him I, I want to be like him when I'm 60 but uh, but basically like his podcast is he just answers questions uh, so they send him in questions and then he answers them but you can tell he just loves like helping people and yeah. that's what he's doing it for obviously he's doing it as his job but you can tell that's his intent is to like educate and help people so um and I'd imagine he gets a huge amount of positive stuff because that's his show is just helping people, yeah. you know. So I suppose your intent is to help people, so you're going to get a lot of positive stuff back because you're yeah. that's because of what you're doing, you know. Think of it that way. Yeah. It's like I don't know. I think like there's always like just people who are going to knock what you do, no matter what it is. You know? yeah. do, do you get do you get much of that? 
There is, there's, well, not on my own kind of page, but there's this stupid site that people go on and they slate like influencers and they say some horrific stuff. Is that um, like the teachers one? There used to be what was the rate my teacher? Rate my teacher. But for like bloggers and Instagrammers. Oh god! But I remember the first time I saw it. It was one of my other uh, friends who does like loads of social media stuff. She said, "Oh, like your rate my teacher page is so nice." And I was like, "Oh!" So I went on, and people were like sticking up for me, and I was like, "Oh, great!" And then I went on a couple of days later, and it was horrific. Oh, I was, god. but it was my first exposure to people being so nasty for no reason. So I was actually so upset by it. But then now, like, I don't look at it at all anymore. But I remember I did go on, and like, I was just laughing. I was like, how, how can that person say that? Or like, it's just all rumours and lies. And, you know, it must be really sad to say those kind of things about someone that one, you've never met, or two, is just trying to help you out. You know, it's... Yeah, especially with social media where like there's a power of choice like you, you don't have to follow someone like if people don't yeah. like what you put out there don't look at it you yeah. know what I mean like it's it's just it's that it's mindset thing and I think that's great that you've developed that mindset for it and I think it, it probably ties <laughs> finally it probably ties into what you've said about you know previous setbacks and you know the way you, you kind of handle yourself and conduct yourself seem very even keel like you know not everyone's like that and it can be very upsetting for a lot of people I'd imagine so I'd imagine you have to have thick skin to be in that industry yeah way for was it five or six months like that was one of the best things I think I ever did because before that I was almost burning myself out and things like that would really get to me and I'd be like oh why did that person say that whereas now I'm like that's more of a reflection on them than it is on me if they want to tear me apart for my looks or my weight or whatever it is do you know like that's it's not my business it's not my I don't have to listen to that so just kind of black that out and Fair was play. that when you went away to Australia was it yeah. that that's what really helped you I think that's what kind of just changed my mindset and my outlook on everything um, we went we went to summer of last year and it was kind of touch and go whether it was going to go or not and then I decided I was like but you know what just get on that plane and you know I can come home with worst comes to worst but I never wanted to come home because it was so amazing <laughs> but no you were in Perth or Perth. yeah, yeah nice. Western Australia Unreal. lifestyle like 6am you're up you're going out for your swim getting a coffee and everyone's just so nice like everyone walking down the street is like good morning how are you whereas here if you said good morning how are you to someone I think they'd be like oh, are you alright <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's a lovely lifestyle and what was that like obviously because when you went I remember um like following some of your stuff, uh, like the hotel workouts, because you were in quarantine when you got there. Fourteen days, yeah. Nice. And what? No, what, what do you sense? What? There's no windows. You couldn't open the windows or something. We or? didn't know that. So like, you get on this bus with everybody else. You land in. I think we flew to Brisbane. Yeah, sorry, we quarantined in Brisbane. And you get on a bus, and then they tell you what your like quarantine facility is. So some places have like balconies and windows. Quarantine roulette. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, oh please, God, Rob, this better have a balcony. Like I'm not being in a room with you for fourteen days. And then we got there, and like it's so surreal because you're with loads of other people, and they bring you up to like I don't know if we were on the 16th floor or something. So you're looking down, um, and like at the end of it, I feel like I had such severe vertigo. And like we went outside, and I was like, oh my god, in the fresh air. Um, but it was actually like it was such an experience. I wouldn't have changed it. Like if someone said you could go and not have had that experience, would you would you choose that? and I wouldn't like it was so interesting <laughs> a couple of things within that's so like obviously I've got three three questions so like one what did you learn about Rob while you were in, in that that you didn't know two did you learn anything about yourself and three did you learn anything about just what it could be like to be in isolation for 14 days I suppose the first one I knew we, we could get married I think we were only okay. engaged then I was like phew okay we've passed this because he's just he's really laid back guy really chill nothing really 
phases him, whereas me, I'm kind of like, you know, go, 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 I'm really eccentric, and he's just so chilled out. Like, he's no problem sitting there all day, every day, if he has to. Whereas I'm like, okay, need to play Bit of a backhanded compliment there. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, he's no bother just sitting on his arse all day. No, he's a very chilled out guy, and I think I learned from him how to chill out, and then he learned from me how to maybe put your, you know, put yourself out there a little bit more and try something new. And um, so we both kind of learned a bit of stuff from each other. We were doing handstands, we were doing learning French together. Yeah, nice, very good. Uh, what was your third question? So then, like, just the human mind in general. Like, what? Like, you know, did you have any crazy high moments or low moments? Go a bit delirious. I couldn't imagine myself in Lan. Honestly, I had like fourteen days in there. I don't know. I think you'd be the worst person to do. Oh, this. really? Why? Hang on. Why, why is that? Because you're a bit like kind of what Jess described there. Just need to be on the move. You need to be talking to people. You need to be around people. I just feel, I feel like, like we're digging deep here. We're going. <laughs> I need to keep moving. I just okay. can't. Imagine you I need to bear with you. You could be the laid back dude, just like yes. chilling with me. Yeah, I could be the guy in the bed watching Netflix. <laughs> we can learn French. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, thanks, Mike. I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. It's a compliment. Maybe? I'm okay. in a nice way. Yeah. Okay, very good. Very good. Yeah. So those two, you're forced to actually slow down. Like you won't be able to do it. We all think you can't do things, but until you're like in the position where you have to, you're like, oh, that wasn't actually that bad at all. I don't know about that on my honeymoon I uh, went like we went to Madeira um, went to Lisbon for like five days unreal never went to Lisbon like buzzing down to time out food market eating all around me loving life I went to Madeira which is like middle of nowhere not like amazing place now mind blowing uh, it's like first three days Courtney's like we're just sitting by the pool we're not doing anything and then end of the trip we do some hikes and whatever so I brought a book um, called Paper Tiger Really interesting book about this guy who basically quit his job when he was like 25, tried to become a professional golfer. He was average golfer. So I'm reading this book. So I read the whole book in like two days. And I'm like, I need to find a golf course. I need to go <laughs> practice now. I need to be this guy. I'm like texting Mike, I'm not coming back to work. Like just, because <laughs> yeah. I'm at the pool, like I read this whole book and I'm like, just, I need to go do something so quickly. So I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I'd survive. I'd give it a go though. Did, did I suggest that you, did you do some sort of a run in the hotel room? occupy myself so I'd set myself like little tasks every day so one of them was to run at least 5k every day in the room so then I started increasing by a kilometre every day how big is the the room what are we talking about just a standard it's from here to where that is probably about five meters yeah okay it was teeny like it was so small so I was running up 100,000 laps I don't know how many laps it was but on my 14th day I ran 14k <laughs> and do you measure it on like uh, a wearable yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. I like Rudd's checking the detail I need to yeah. see your stats Jess <laughs> counting your steps so yeah. I'm going to start again how long did that take you? I think it was actually a while I'd say it was an hour and a half no, did you get dizzy? no because I kept altering my face <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Rob was like oh my god here she goes you should really lost her mind yeah, now yeah because then we actually did get in a complaint because I didn't think anyone could hear us yeah yeah we were flying away because we got one of our friends uh, over there to drop stuff at the hotel so he brought us up some weights and stuff like that so we were there doing our weights and then reception called up they're like um, excuse me could you please stop making so much noise we were like oh sugar <laughs> so we had to calm the weights totally was fine very good and is that, is that how you kind of you set up your weeks in terms of now like is that something you always do where like you sit down and you give yourself little tasks and stuff and that's how you kind of get so much done in a week is that yeah, something you do I feel like if I don't organise and prioritise what I'm going to do I'll end up kind of not doing anything so I do that on a Sunday I'm like okay Monday is dedicated to this Tuesday I'm having a rest Wednesday I'll see this person I'll do that and then, yeah, that's what works for me. Yeah, I, I think that personally, that's kind of for me as well. Like, and so important of like, like you said, it's kind of building in the different things because I find that sometimes, 
getting better at it but like sometimes you can kind of get so bogged down in doing something and then you realize oh no i've still got to do this other thing and you're nowhere near on it whereas if you can kind of look at a week and kind of block different chunks out and figure out even for me trying to figure out like what can i do best here in the gym but then what do i do best when i'm at home when you know i don't talk to anyone and just lock myself in a room and do certain things but uh yeah like that i i definitely I'm a lot better if I plan stuff out at the start of the week and try block different chunks of workout as opposed to when there's less of a plan, I struggle a little yeah. bit. Everyone's different with that though. I find I'm, I wouldn't say the opposite, but like I, I've kind of tried at the minute now because I'm doing like a lot of different things like between, you know, we're all doing different things, yeah. like pull and drag between in the gym, out of the gym, meetings, different things. I just pick like the three biggest things that I need to get done in that whole week and I have a list of the smaller things written down and I just try to keep the big thing is always the focus I'd, I'd make sure I've got like two hours a day where I'm focusing on the big things if they get done early in the week I just lash through the smaller things whatever. but like I find it really hard to say right I'm going to do accounts from two to four or I'm going to do this from, I, it just doesn't work for me I just yeah. kind of you're very distracting like you want to go get coffees all the time and you know <laughs> But but I but like the reason I think that is it's probably to what you said earlier about how people are energized. Like I won't do the main work as well if I feel like I'm locked in a room and I can't do it. Whereas if I go have a coffee or kind of just bump into someone and I'm shooting the breeze for a few minutes, I can dive into the work a little bit more. A bit more oomph about me or something. I don't yeah. know what it is. I, mm. I don't feel as prescriptive and I have to do this at this time. I like a bit more flexibility and freedom. It's different personalities, yeah. different yeah. things because I'm easily distracted. So, and if I... I'm very if I, distracted. If, I, if I'm distracted, I tend to make loads of mistakes. Or it takes me ages to do something. So, like, Sarah will say to me often where she'll, like, be talking to me at home and I'll be like, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I'm not actually listening because I'm concentrating on something. So, like, I definitely struggle if I'm trying... If I'm trying to do a task that's on the computer and there's something else going on, I really struggle with that. But then other people don't struggle and they can do a task you can probably do it with loads going on still do the task don't know about that <laughs> I, I just think like I try to plan it out on a Friday so like for example yesterday I'll just look ahead at next week I'll get like Roy said there the important things if I have to meet people or if I have to there's big things I need to sign off and or whatever it may be I'll try get them put into my diary but I like roads, so I get very easily distracted as well so what I try to do is put the important things into the time of day where I know I'm most productive which is probably the morning and then that's because you don't do any work in class in the afternoon I don't do any work in the afternoon oh in class as well yeah (laughs) Yeah. so not too early but you're napping in the afternoon so yeah exactly I'm going for coffees and you know so free up the afternoons (laughs) that's not what happens (laughs) (laughs) but that's what I try to do as well similar to roads I do try to plan out the week but it's kind of a mix of both of what you said like I try to have time during the day where I can go and pick up those smaller things or if I have to go and chat to one of the coaches whatever it may be so I think there's a bit of bothy in me okay <laughs> can I jump into because we've got some questions yeah, here Jess yeah. from Instagram and that, that's one of them that came in it's how do you schedule time for workouts uh, with study and work and other commitments so not so much about planning your work but how do you get to training so again I suppose it's what works for you it's not like a one size fits all so personally I'm a morning person and I need to be in bed at like half night ten and like my friends will laugh at me because a lot of people stay up are you late, late night out? God no, no. no. Yeah. Well, I, I would be normally, but like my life has just changed so much that if I'm yeah, not in bed by nine o'clock, yeah, like I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm asleep by nine o'clock most of the time now. Yeah. So yeah. I'm always in bed early, and that really helps me because if I get to bed at 
11, 12, I still am going to wake up at 6, but then I'm so tired. Yeah. So, like, initially, because Rob is, loves to stay up late, and he's like, oh, come on, we'll just watch one more thing. I'm like, no, I'm going to bed. Ozark came out last night, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> when I watched 20 minutes, second episode, I was like, I need to go to bed. So, <laughs> yeah. so you have to be, like, strict for yourself. Um, but, like, I always love jumping into bed. So I go to bed early anyway, that helps me. And then I'll, I'll work out in the morning before work. And again, that's what gives me energy towards the day. And then sometimes if I do have energy, I'll, after work, I'll go for a walk or I'll fit in a Pilates class. So it's all about Friday. Like, I don't really do the same thing all the time. Um, obviously, these classes are my favourite. So I do that twice a week, um, strength-based work. And then I don't really do any kind of hit or cardio. I try to, like, focus on strength at the minute and Pilates and those kind of things. Nice. Um, but again, it's just finding the time and fitting it into your, your calendar for the week. I think, Rhodes, and first for whoever asked that question, it's similar to what you said. We talked about this this morning, Rhodes, like... Um, about when it's not perfect just having like those like movement minimums or commits like a minimum time what I kind of said to you there was over the last five or six weeks I'm training for uh, triathlon in the summer and what I found is um, I if I just try to do less I end up doing more cumulative over the week so if instead of being like I have to do a two hour cycle today if I just go right I have an hour I'll get on the bike I might stretch for an hour and 20 minutes or whatever but the next day I'll be able to you know i'll try i'll make up that 40 and end up doing another hour but like my cumulative training over the last two months has been higher than it's ever been but i don't feel like i'm really stressed and have to train more than ever it's kind of just by lowering my expectations yeah. a little bit and taking some minimums i've actually probably trained more than i've ever trained certainly the last couple of years so it's kind of mindset's a huge part of it as well as routine i think definitely and even like how that changes through the years and like being willing to change your mindset and the way you set it up to whatever a how you change but then how your life changes as well it's like i know for me back when i was younger like the mindset of like being really like i have to do this type of session i have to do this served me really well from a rugby perspective because i wouldn't have gotten as far as i did from the rugby standpoint at least in my kind of younger years teenage years because that stuff like I completely changed my physical capabilities over a number of years and like overtook a load of people and completely changed my game with that. But then you take that then when rugby's not your main thing anymore and then you've got a job, you've got a family and all those things. And if you if you have that type of mindset, you kind of bang your head against a wall, like you said, because you always feel like you're not getting anything done. So I think as well for maybe someone who has fallen out of the habit of moving maybe just revisiting like what what am i trying to do what how's my life changed and then trying to figure out a way that actually works for you uh, there's loads of different ways to, to to structure your training and trying to maybe revisit it if you've fallen out of the habit of doing it you know yeah next question jess this is these are the ones that are kind of these tie in together so the first one is uh, we talked about the pressure of answering questions and different things. So, like, someone's messaging saying, I've a lot of weight to lose, but I've no idea where to start. What would your advice be? I have a lot of weight to lose. Yeah. Um, well, I suppose... What, what advice would you give for losing weight? Like, obviously, it's about diet and exercise. So, you need to look at what you're doing now and what's not working, and maybe then implementing something that can work. So, obviously, we all know cardio, cardiovascular exercise would be one of the best. So... If she's someone maybe that isn't doesn't have much experience, start with like a walk and go for 15 minutes every day, then 30 minutes every day, then 45 and building it up. And then eventually maybe try doing a few hip classes if you need it. I find a group environment great if you're like lacking motivation and you, you don't really know what to do in the gym. 
um, group classes I find really really good going to little runs and then just being more mindful with your diet like I think a lot of people even with you know like fizzy drinks and coffees I and mean, you can slam away on them all day without being conscious that you know there's obviously calories and things in those as well so maybe tidying up your diet a bit a lot of home cooking but there's actually loads of great meal companies out there at the minute and um, like parallel nutrition they're mm-hmm. great or clean cuts if you don't have the time to you know meal prep everything yeah. as well so obviously just tidying up the diet and trying to fit in a bit more exercise throughout the it's a very very tough question you know it's like mm-hmm. it's that uh What's the how to eat an elephant? That's, yeah. <laughs> you know, bit by bit or small changes. Rudy, you ready to jump in there? I was just gonna say it depends on the person as well. Like, yeah. like obviously, when you get more context on the person, you might figure out. Like your example of like prioritizing your week. When you're starting something, you've got a. You can feel overwhelming of where you want to get to. Whether it's a weight loss goal, a strength goal, a conditioning goal, like whatever it is, it can feel overwhelming when you feel like you've got a lot of X to do. Um, and sometimes one of the most useful things is sitting down, looking at all the things you could do, and then actually moving loads aside and just picking two or three and starting with those and then doing them. Um, we did some stuff in the CPD where I showed you guys the, the guy called BJ Fogg from Stanford. He's like a, a habit change behavior expert, and he has some nice exercises. One of them he calls a swarm of behaviors. So basically you write down your goal. So the goal is... Um, so if it's weight loss I want to lose 10 kilos say in the next year and then from there you write down all the things you could do so all the behaviours that would lead to that outcome and you write them all down and then from there you then draw a little line where you so a graph on one side is going up the impact so going up the scale is the impact and then going across the other axes is how easy it would be for you to do and then basically you plot out all those little behaviours onto that graph and then basically you pick the two or three that would have a high impact but would be easy for you to do. Yeah. And then that helps you to slide away all the things that it feels overwhelming to start with. So as a suggestion to that person, maybe do that little exercise where I want to do this, right? As you said, Jess, what could I do from nutrition? What could I do from a training side and anything else, an organization? And you put it all down there. And then from there, you just go over, list them all out of what do you think would be a high impact and then pick the easiest ones. Um, might be helpful and, and pick two or three and just start with those nice solid roads yeah um, and then Jess a, a good question here like do you feel pressure being an influencer to look a certain way um, I suppose I'll be honest no okay honesty is <laughs> good I was, gonna, I was like yeah. no now at this stage but like to look a certain way from a day to day life no like I have no problem obviously coming to the gym or going here there and everywhere being who I am and looking who I am but I guess online being honest yes I do yeah um, just because again I suppose human nature you always want to look your best or be your best but I, that's probably something I should change because like natural is the best way so I think if you're kind of showing yourself all done up all the time like that's not a real representation of what you look like day to day and you want to be as authentic as you can and I suppose I do feel a little pressure, maybe because other people in the industry, they're always, they look a certain way and we always, you know, comparison is the thief of joy, but we do compare ourselves to other mm. people and subconsciously, I guess I do, do do that myself, so that's something I could definitely work on, but yeah, I think I do feel a bit of pressure. But that's something that I found really interesting, like with you coming into the classes, that like, you know, a lot of people who train in the gym would know who you are because they'd yeah. follow you on Instagram and then they turn around and they're on a bar with you in a class and they're like, aren't you, Jen? you know, <laughs> but like, it's very like... 
instantly there's no like there's obviously there's no bullshit about you there's no errors and graces which is fantastic but like I've heard kind of people say to me like you know after class like gee she's so nice she's so you know because people see like you know, celebrity influencer that, that they see it and then to see that you're just a really normal person is because people probably don't see that who don't get to meet yeah. you in person and that's what I've been amazed like all, all our members who've trained have been like gee she's so sound she's very oh. helpful real nice whereas you know like I said that perception is maybe that you're going to be all about yourself when you're in the gym yeah. which you know you talked about community and environment things that are really important to you and I think like I can I can vouch for it that you do live by that when you're in the gym so I think that's that's a that's a really nice idea to see as well yeah uh, no problem uh, so, and then the last two questions FFS related shameless plugs but the, yeah. the, the questions people want to know <laughs> uh, what's your favourite uh, FFS gym class oh that is so tough because it is a tremendous like I, I know your favourite coach <laughs> <but>, you <know. laughs> I love tank top Thursdays upper body and lower body just, because lower body is something I was too scared I suppose to train because I always just saw myself as really weak and before I started the classes, like the squat rack, I, I couldn't have gone near it because it was always to me like curl rack. Of, like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're my top three. I haven't done Metcon, but I'm booked in for Monday, so I'm excited to see what that's a like. bank holiday Monday Metcon. Yeah, God. Yeah. Just think, and right. then. <laughs> Yeah, total body's got two, but my top two would be tank top and lower body. Okay, strength and glasses. Good programming, Rods. Rods right in the program. Yeah, the programming is amazing. Just before we go into the last question, just like there are loads of people out there, and probably more so female than male, who would have that in terms of like being scared to go into strength training. For you, what were some of the things that like helped you to kind of get past that? Because if there's someone else out there who's wants to start getting stronger but they're afraid to do so what kind of helped you to to get past that what helped me was kind of more like the accessory exercises is that what you guys call yeah so like you know doing your hip bridges or doing those fun ones that we do at the start after the the warm-up but before push presses yeah those kind of things yeah and so it was like building your muscles in order to be able to you know squat yeah and then building up slowly and just the way that you program everything like i thought you had to do 15 or 20 squats in the gym but so I remember my first class as I went to I was like, probably only did four reps and you're like, Yeah, that's how you're supposed to train. <laughs> but now like that's the only way I would ever train. Um, so it was great to learn that because I just didn't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the exact at the lower reps I found I found really helpful for increasing your strength. Yeah. Like I, I would definitely give that advice, and I do get it with people who ask me more so like friends and family and stuff who couldn't actually come in and train with me because they, they don't live close enough or they're back in Wales etc and I just say to them like go and get a coach like it's the yeah. best investment you could do for even if it's not something you plan to do longer term just go get a coach for like two months and then get them as you said to whatever you're not doing help you to figure out the kind of structure of how to plan a, a strength workout and then also like teach you how to do the movements at a level that would work for you because it's like anything. Once you start doing it and you see the benefit and you enjoy it, then your confidence comes up from it. So, like anyone who's out there who's kind of like that, just go get a coach. It'll be the best investment you make, at least yeah. to start with. You know. I think that's like when we started the gym. Like, she's nearly ten years, close to ten years ago now. Is it what year are we? Ten, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ne- ne- almost ne- ten years. Yeah, yeah, nearly ten years ago. Like that was the biggest thing. Is we found like the gym was very much 50-50 male-female but the S&C classes like strength classes were like 80-20 and like we made a really conscious decision after six months to like do we need to change our marketing to try and get more ladies into our classes because we knew the benefits of strength training and the 20% for ladies who were doing it were you know seeing huge they were loving it they were seeing huge improvements physically uh, giving them more energy they felt stronger so we kind of we sort of like tweaked our marketing in the first six months it wasn't to sign people up to the gym because we already had 
but it was to actually internally market to get more ladies to do the strength and conditioning classes. And it seems to be now the mindset's kind of com- like it's 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 mainstream. Like strength training is sexy now. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't ten years ago because like there's some classes I do where there's like ten ladies in and only two yeah. lads. It's kind of it's completely changing around. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's great. It's great to see. There's such a fun and empowering feeling when you like are stronger. Like when you it's hard to explain it, but like when you start getting stronger it's like this is actually fun this is enjoyable it's kind of getting over that first part which we all have and it'd be the same for any of us like you learn a new sport do you try to do something so I was in one of the guys Rocky uh, who I used to play with I was in his gym uh, up in um Green, well, you know, but the yeah, Walkinstown, yeah. yeah. So out in Walkinstown, and he had me doing one of his sessions, and he had me with a skipping rope. And <laughs> believe it or not, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Guinness World Record holder in a skipping. I have heard this. No, it was part of like a sorry. Russ, shame on me for crapping yeah. out your story. Which I've just so, heard it a lot, but you were going to tell me about uh, Bishopston Comprehensive when we were in school uh, for the Booper Heart Start, uh, you know the, that charity there. Uh, so for Booper Heart Start, we did uh, a fundraiser. Like that Booper where, Heart Start. For, we did a fundraiser where we did the most people in the world skipping, and we beat some other cute. some other school in another country, uh, and we had the most people skipping. So like everyone in the school out in the yard, teachers and uh, pupils. <laughs> Had to skip for a minute. Uh, uh, so when you so pitch I, that road, I have a record for skipping. Yeah. People are automatically going, wow, this guy's yeah. like yeah. T- four days straight I'm not skipping. Lying, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not lying, but I can't actually skip and I probably didn't actually skip for that minute. Anyway, <laughs> up at that workout with him, I hadn't skipped in ages uh, and I was not proficient at it to start with and basically I was tripping over the whole time. But it is hard when you go back to being a beginner again because yeah. you're like, trip 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 and he comes over he gives me a tip yeah yeah okay, okay. trip 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 <laughs> so like it's getting past that first little bit is, yeah. is the hard bit but having someone there to give you the guidance of what to focus on but also just to make you feel like oh, it's grand you'll get a bit better but once you get a bit of momentum same with strength training you start seeing and feeling that difference it can be really enjoyable you know and I think <laughs> the thing about that then Jess before we you answered the second question in there before Mikey goes into his quick fire questions round, yeah. uh, what, like what's what's happening now? So you're starting starting pharmacy, still Instagram, still going to be a big part of your life. Is there anything? I see golf. You're taking up golf. Yeah, did I, I see took that? Golf there in. Oh, did I do that? that was over in Australia. So I'd love to get out this summer. Out. We have a nice dry summer. We've okay. yeah, in the courses. We've we've a society here. So like we've more lady members who are keen this year than we've ever had before. So. We are, yeah. Mike, yeah, Mike, yeah, Mike's the tag guy. Yeah, I used to play in ECD and I loved it. Well, there's a spot there if you tear the nights. Mike's 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 hunting hard yeah, for players in the minute. Massive recruitment drive. Yeah, so, so anyone anyone wants to play good. Anyone wants to play tag or golf, yeah. even if you're not a member of the gym, yeah. Mike is so stuck for people to play tag. It's probably because so, if you want to play, just let me know. Yeah, our own members keep letting you down, Mike. So you all know who you are. Yeah, we we had to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you all know who you are. People are committing and then they're going on holidays every Thursday to Sunday. So, so sorry about Rory that. being yeah. Candid. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, I've been there once, but hey, it's good. So, uh, so yeah, golf. Sorry. So like, it's that kind of because like, how do you find that? Because obviously, we love golf here. Like a lot of talk about it. How have you found like literally complete newbie? Complete newbie. I didn't even know. I had never hit a ball before. Actually, maybe I hit a ball once, but yeah, I had a clue. And have you got the bug? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we went every. I think we went twice a week. So we had a little group of girls, and it was really more of a rosé club to start with. <laughs> and so we'd go and like you know tap a few balls, and then we go and have rosé for an hour. I was like, oh, I was golf. I was like, yeah, I played really It was well delicious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then, yeah, 
actually did get into it because I, I was able to hit it. I was able to hit it far, yeah. um, which was like I saw a video. I saw a video somewhere. Yeah, like, yeah stripe show. On it. So once you once again, it's like anything. So once you get better at something, you get more like addicted to it. And you're like, oh, I need to get even better again. So it started with just the driving range, and then we'd go out and play nine holes. And um, still have yet to do eighteen. But, it's yeah. overrated. Hey, nine, nine and wine is ideal. Yeah, nine and wine. Yeah. I like that. But I'll, I'll try it. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to... I think the lessons are great. Yeah. Um, so I'll try and get a few of those in. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice. All right, Mikey, over to you. Yeah, so Jess, this is the final part of the podcast. You've done um, well, you've made it this far. But, yeah, fair play. It's gone a bit longer uh, than expected. It's been quite... It's just the flow has been good. Uh, yeah, last track of time here. Um, so basically, with the last part of the podcast, all we try to do is give the people that are listening probably a slightly more detailed idea of your personality okay. um, and just don't think don't think about them too hard just kind of okay. first thing that comes to your head so five questions uh, you can invite three people to dinner who are they and why three people to dinner oh uh, Princess Joy can mm. I, can it be anyone anyone Princess Joy because she's just an icon I think um, then I would have You'd have to have someone like maybe Ben Affleck in there or Tom Hardy. Can I can I pick you, Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy that's major. Yeah, that's number two. Tom Hardy, Diana, and then number three, probably do someone like Albert Einstein. Loved cricket. Okay. That would be an interesting dinner party. That's funky, yeah. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> Tom, why Tom Hardy? I'm is Tom Hardy coming as Bane? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Albert Einstein and Bane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> be lots of rosé drank that night. Um, second question. Uh, your favourite movie and favourite ever TV series? Okay, favourite movie, oh, Shawshank yeah. Redemption, I think. Yes. I yeah. love that. Um, very okay. sad. Very sad. Oh, yeah, powerful movie. Powerful. Yeah. I love those really emotive, like, oh... Oh, that was brilliant. Um, favorite TV series? This is us. Have you guys watched that? This is us. This is us. Oh, please start it. Who's in this? What's it on? It's on Prime and Disney Plus. This is us. This is us. What's about? It follows like a family. I won't give too much away, but it goes through everything. It goes through like bereavement, Alzheimer's, just everything. Okay, okay. This is us. Give it a go. Yeah. Shawshank Redemption is an interesting movie choice. Um, when I was younger, I used to go to like GA games, like the whole time, big Limerick GA supporter, and they do a player player profile every week at every match. And I'd say for the whole summer, sixteen weeks straight, every GA player's favorite movie was Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> and their favorite dinner was steak and chips. <laughs> the whole summer, like no one deviated from Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Quite funny. Um, Good story. Yeah. Thanks. So, your favorite ever holiday location. Um, probably Mallorca in Spain. Oh, okay. Um, so I used to go there every summer with my family, and I just loved it. Nice, nice. Yeah. Palm is Palma Mallorca. Yeah, looks yeah. beautiful. Just the north of the island, Palenza. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay, nearly there, Jess. Two to go. Who's had the biggest influence on your career? On my career, um, I'd probably say Neve, the pharmacist that I worked with on my fourth year placement. She helped me a lot. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. And then, final question, the best advice you've been ever given? Um, best, I've had a lot of advice, really. <laughs> yeah. um, but the single best. What brings, single best. What brings to mind? Who's said something that's um, kind of stuck with you? I always say this like mantra to myself, but, but for the grace of God, there go I. So it just helps me to, you know, be grateful for what you do have and, you know, be in the present moment and, yeah, gratitude and things like that. Powerful, but yeah. for the grace of God. There go I. There go so I there's mean. always people so much worse off. So if you're having a bad day, if you're upset about something, 
could be so much worse amazing that's nice yeah, yeah it's lovely yeah. Yeah. Um, Jess t- thanks so much for your time I hope you enjoyed that that was fun yeah we'll have to get you back on at some stage again yeah ha- have a great bank holiday weekend and you too best of luck tomorrow Mikey thanks very much best of luck 144 yeah